how did you come to understand your own personal leadership style? I do the presentation. I actually ask someone to record me because I wanted to, to learn. She comes back to me. She's like, who is that woman on stage? Because I don't know who she is. Ooh. And I wow. reflected on that and I thought, wow, I guess I was trying to be somebody I'm not. So from that point on, I really embraced who I am. Welcome back to Lead the Team with number one best-selling author and in-demand corporate trainer, Ben Fanning. On this podcast, the world's most innovative senior leaders share their top success strategies to motivate your direct reports, cultivate your top leaders, and accelerate your career. Let's get started. Here's Ben. Hey there, Lead the Team Nation. Welcome back to another fun and interesting, engaging episode. Today, I have for you Michelle Chantera, who is the Chief Marketing Officer over at Aludo. Now, Aludo, if you're not familiar with it, is a global technology company with two and a half million customers based in Ottawa, Ontario, that includes Parallels, Coral Draw, Mind Manager, and WinZip. And yes, that WinZip that you've probably been using for years, they've been around for like 35 years. Now, Michelle has a 25-year career and has also served as a senior leader over at Cisco. And by the way, something really cool that we'll, that we'll dig into here. She's also on the board of Building Minds in South Sudan, also known as BMISS. And as part of this, she funds a woman-owned business in the village of Mayan in a, a boon in Twix State, South Sudan. And through hard work and the BMISS investment, Michelle is incredibly proud that the business owner was able to send her first child to university in Egypt. So yeah, we're going to dig into that too. Michelle, welcome to Lead the Team. Thank you, Ben. Glad to be here. So let's dig into this right at the gate. How in the world did you get connected with building mines in South Sudan? Yeah, it's um, it's a cool story. So I was I live in upstate New York, outside of Rochester, and uh, we have a a uh, significant Greek population. And I was at a Greek festival, and um, I was talking to a gentleman that was a friend of a friend, and I was telling him the work that I do at Cisco. And he said, hey, I really want to introduce you to a gentleman by the name of Sebastian. He's hmm. one of the Lost Boys uh, of South Sudan. And if you're not familiar with <laughs> the Lost Boys, essentially between mm -hmm. the civil war that's going on still between North and South Sudan, um, Northern Sudan, Muslim, Southern Sudan, uh, Christian, there was a civil war and uh, several of the men and boys in South Sudan um, were pretty much pushed out of their country for mm. a variety of political reasons. Uh, here nor there, several of them actually came to the United States. Two of them landed here in upstate New York. So I end up getting introduced to Sebastian, one of the one of the lost boys, and he shared with me his vision. And his vision was to build schools in his village that you just mentioned, Ben, and give the children of South Sudan, particularly girls, the opportunity to be educated. So the investment piece in a business owner that has been able to get traction, you know, what I'm curious, what kind of business? Uh, so my, so one of the 
Outside of schools, we also do microfinancing for okay. uh, in the village. Um, uh, the fit business that I uh, help fund is actually Tribal Beer. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Tribal Beer. So, All right. Don't leave me hanging on this. Uh, I got to hear yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So tribal beer. So, so the the woman that I invest in, she makes tribal beer for the village and is monetized it, which is amazing. She's actually grown her business significantly. Um, actually, it's, now we're going on seven, six years, and um, she's <laughs> been able to actually build up enough capital so she could send uh, her 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 son to college in, in Egypt, um, which is obviously a, a reward in itself because that's not common, right? In, in wow. South. Well, wow. that, that's a cool story. Thank you for sharing that with, uh, with us. One, I just want to say a couple of things for leaders listening. It, it's kind of, and I like to break down these stories in different ways. It seems like you showed up to something you, that you were very open as a leader to meeting new people, to being introduced. There's like a state of mind, I think as a leader, that sometimes we we forget we can we show up to an event we can get so tunnel vision on what who we're going to meet what we're going to do and i suspect you were just open to the, to the experience and you met interesting person and you were open to kind of following the the bunny trail in terms of what those introductions created yeah no 100% i i and and just to add on to that it is about being open and it's it's also about just acknowledging like the small things that you can do based on the the position that you're in it has massive impact right just just doing something as simple as i'll i'll give you an example we we had a we had a um uh we made too many backpacks for an event that we did with one of our partners at Cisco and i had these sitting in my house and i was like oh, maybe we could send that down to south sudan and have the children actually have backpacks to walk to school with. You wouldn't believe how much impact that had, right? And that was just something wow. so simple that, you know, to us, right? It's like hmm. not a big deal, but to them, it was, I mean, it was like monumental to have more of a Western style culture where walking to school with a backpack, they would never have imagined. So I think it's being open to your point and also acknowledging that just the small things can make a big yeah. impact. I love that. So, so good. So good. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about your background. Cause I'll make sure we have time for that. How did you come to understand your own personal leadership style? Yeah, I, I love, I, I love this question. Um, and, and I share this, I share this, um, uh, any opportunity that I get. So as I started to sort of ascend and, um, recognize that leadership gave me energy, um, I wanted to get really clear on who I am as as a leader, and I got this advice from one of my coaches, mentors, you know, all the different advisors that I've had in my life. But one person in particular said to me, "Get really clear on what you want people to think when they're engaging with you from a leadership perspective." Mm-hmm. So, what they encouraged me to do is two things: one. Write down the three things that you want to be known for. And then go out and ask 10, 15 people, people above you, people at your level, people below you, people in your personal life, you know, the whole bit. 
So I did that. And what's really ironic, Ben, is the three words that I wrote down was transparent, authentic, and gets it done. Okay. Three words that came back consistently from the group of people that I asked, transparent, authentic, and the third one was business acumen. So I, I thought about that. And uh, it's funny when we were actually, Jessica and I were prepping for this, she said something to me that just totally like resonated. Um, the get it done thing definitely has a strong correlation to business acumen because to get things done, you have to understand and have in-depth knowledge around, around the business. Mm. So those three words um, is, is, this is, this was 15 years ago, by the way, those three words are what I sh- when I show up in a meeting, when I am dealing with somebody one-on-one, when I am out talking to a customer or partner, like those are the three words that I emulate. Mm. And it is something that has served me incredibly well. I say this to my team very often because I am so authentic and transparent. They, they love me for that. But then when it comes time to ha- send a hard message, I'm equally as authentic and transparent and they probably hate me for it. Um, but that's how I got to, to, to basically define my leadership style. Um, and it's, it's stuck. It's still, it's 15 years old and I'm still showing up the same way, which is of course, authentic to who I am. Thank you for sharing that. I absolutely love that, Michelle. And for a leader to think about this, it's, it's really time to get focused for all of us on what do we most want to be known for and do that inner work first. And people want to get promoted. They want to be CMO. They want to be an executive. But a lot of, I think a lot of the times you're focusing on the title versus what are the actual attributes that they want to be known for who and, and that are natural to them. So you did that inner work first, and then you proactively went out, talked to people at all levels, not just above you, below all, all levels of the organization to understand, you know, how, how are you coming across? And we don't get that kind of feedback if we don't ask for it, unless it's in your annual review or it's some ungodly 360 and you can't figure out who's actually giving you the feedback. It's like a mystery, but be, okay. so having the courage to go out and do that, uh, isn't always easy. Um, no. but and you have yeah. to be open, right? Like you're, you're what, 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 what I think about myself might be different than how I'm perceived. And yeah, and you need to know this. That's right. That's you exactly may, right. <laughs> You might work for years and have no idea. Uh, what was the, so when you went through that process and you got the feedback, you know, when you had getting stuff done and the business acumen, w- which were linked, um, what did you notice when you started showing up to meetings, when you started interacting with people after you'd all, you know, gone, gone through this process? Yeah, it, it, um, it was such a cool experience because I, I learned, I learned a lot about who I am and ultimately the superpowers that, that I can bring to, uh, business, to a team, to a customer partner, whatever it is. Um, I I had had an experience in my career where um, I had had in my mind that I needed to be something else, 
in the mm. sense of, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the story. So <clears throat> I had an opportunity to deliver a presentation to um, a fairly large audience on behalf of my boss. And my boss was like, hey, this is a huge opportunity for you to really show up and demonstrate to people what you're all about. No pressure. Uh, <laughs> no pressure at all. So I, I have to be honest, man. Like I, I, I spent time going, all right, how do I want to show up? Who do I hmm. want? Who do I want to emulate? Hmm. And I and I worked with this woman who I swear to you, she was she she was like so graceful and elegant, and she her words were always perfect. And she just she, she, I, she was mem- memorizing, mesmerizing, mesmerizing when she would yeah. present. And I was like, that's who I want to be. That's exactly yeah. who I want to be. And um, I practiced like crazy. And I show up at the event. I do the presentation. I actually ask someone to record me because I wanted to, to learn. And um, I played the recording back. I actually shared it at that time. I was working with a business coach. I sent, her, sent it to her an email and she comes back to me. And she's like, who is that woman on stage? Because I don't know who she is. Ooh. And I wow. reflected on that. And I thought, wow. I guess I was trying to be somebody I'm not. So going back to yeah. how did it show up? Like I am who I am, right? I am authentic. You, you, the way you engage me in an environment like this, in a one-on-one, in a meeting, at, at having a cocktail at a bar, I'm the same person, mm. right? I'm also very direct and transparent. Um, and I value business acumen. So and that moment was incredibly pivotal because I knew how I was perceived because the exercise I just told you. Yet I tried to be somebody that looked and operated differently. Mm. From that point on, I really embraced who I am. And I'm not going to say everything perfect. I am not going to be that gracious and elegant. You know, I'm Italian. I talk with my hands, right? Um <laughs> And, and, you know, I got really comfortable with that. And I'll hmm. tell you, it is, it is, it is, it is benefited me, bent, benefited me. See, I don't say everything perfect. It has benefited me like immensely because hmm. I am me. I'm not somebody else. And my leadership styles and show up <clears throat> in all, all the different ways that we talked about. Um, and it's my style, not somebody else's. I love that. And by the way, your transparency comes across. Like I, I feel your authenticity in this. And a lot of it's because you're sharing vulnerable stories. Like, Hey, I tried to present it like the perfect person that was like the role model. And my friends didn't even recognize who it was. It was so different. And you stepped in. So, but what do you say to people earlier in their, or maybe earlier in their career? And they're like, look, you know, um, I'm 25 years old. I've only been working for a few years. Um, you know, it, it's easy to have this life-changing experience when you're on the fast track to success, but I don't even know like who I really am and what I'm going to bring. And if being me is going to actually get me to my career goals. That's it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a tough thing to answer. Um, it is I, what I encourage people to do early in their career is do, do 
spend the time understanding what actually gives you energy, mm. right? Like, because when, oh, when like you it. have energy, when you can observe like in a day, like, oh, wow, I, 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 I had this meeting uh, with, I'm making this up, with sales and I was like super jazzed up about the conversation. Well, okay, well, is it sales that gives you energy? Is it the kind of engagement that you had give you energy? So I really encourage people throughout their day to like kind of jot down what 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 was it that that made you feel good. And nine times out of 10, you can actually identify an attribute that's associated with it, right? Mm. You, you can say, you know what? I had this conversation with sales, really, really jazzed up because I'm, I understood how you can build relationships with customers. I'm a relationship builder. And you can then you say, all right, that's probably going to be one of your superpowers, right? And it and it's and I'll 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 just share this story really quickly because I think we talk about these things a lot and it's it's very much um extroverted things, right? Like, you know, transparent and authentic. But I also think some of the and I and, and this is the story that I'll share, some of the some of the most um, impactful people that I've worked with in my career. It's not those extroverted things. I had this woman that worked for me. Um, she was what I would classify uh, a quiet leader. And there's this amazing book that I actually read called Quiet. Oh, Susan uh, Cain? Yes, yes. yes. I learned so much from it because I am not quiet. <laughs> you probably can <laughs> tell. But this woman that worked for me, she was a quiet leader. And I, I can remember... Like early on going, why doesn't she say anything? Like, I want to hear her opinion. And I kind of recognize that she internalizes things. She listens. She, she, when she says something, she is thought about it. Mm-hmm. And she became my like litmus test. Like we would talk about big problems in a meeting and I would say, Kathy, um, I'd love to hear your perspective or I would wait. Because nine times out of 10, what she would say was like, for me, I'm like 65 steps ahead. She would like kind of pull back. So I think that for people that are earlier in their career, like I think a lot of people will say, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm shy and I don't want to, I don't want to be that person that says the first thing in a meeting. Well, you don't have to be like really honor who you are and learn what gives you energy. And that's going to help you figure out your superpowers. I love that. I had a similar crossroads in my career early on where I had to really think about the energy side. And I had my very first coach was like, you need to document everything you're doing in your day uh, from email to your wake up routine, to your exercise, to people you're interacting with and find where those energy things were. And I reflected and I'm like, Hey, it's when I'm engaging with people. It's when I'm uh, presenting and teaching and stuff like that. And it was a complete 180 in my career eventually, but I began to, to, to sort of rely on those skills and it fostered so much more, more impact and joy and success doing that. So thanks for that. Thanks for mentioning that strategy. Want to boost your productivity and decision-making? Get vital insights from each episode delivered directly to your inbox. A great resource, whether you've listened to the episode or not. Go to benfanning.com slash insight. You know, I want to kind of go back in your career a little bit. What 
is it like being the first person in your family to go to college? Yeah, it's this this is um it's had so much impact on on me as a person. Um my dad is an electrician and by the way he's 81 years old and he still goes to work. Go dad. Crazy. Hope you're listening um, to this episode on your way to work. Yeah, right. My um my my uh, my mom passed away, but she was she was a uh, she was she did like little side gigs, but she was predominantly a, a, a stay at home mom. And um, I have a lot of ambition. I I I was I was someone that I I wanted something bigger, right? Not that my life was not amazing because I had a amazing parents, amazing upbringing, but I, I wanted something bigger. Um, so I, I had to I had to work at this. Like I remember. I graduated from college. I was like putting my resume together and going to my mom or my dad. They're like resume. I mean, my dad started working as an electrician when he was 16 for our family company, like my mom. So I really needed to seek out advice from from others and uh, get insights and help uh, in ways that I, 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 I couldn't get from my my family. Right. Because of just how how their their careers played out and um i'm so grateful for that like i can i can name so many people that have either given me a shot or have you know given me some feedback like hey this is this is how you should be operating you know let me give mm-hmm. you some some advice um so f- so that i wouldn't be where i am today if it wasn't for this this laundry list of people, and it literally been ranges anywhere from you know someone helping me figure out um, you know what what to wear to an interview to right like guiding me to you know where I am today as it relates to getting into the the C suite. So um, because of that, I I am a believer in paying it forward. Mm-hmm. I every time I do. I what think, you're doing right now, by the way. So thank well, you. And, already. And, and I and I say I say this. I say wherever I'm at, I will always, always take the phone call. If somebody mm-hmm. reaches out to me on LinkedIn after they hear this thing and they're like, "Hey, I resonated with what you just said," I will always take it because someone did that for me. Um. So so it's it, mm-hmm. it is being the first one in college. I had to work really hard. Um, but I, 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 I know that people in my life that helped me, um, that I have such an appreciation for it. So it taught me a great lesson, which is now resulting in me paying it forward. So when you thank, thanks for sharing that. And so it sounds like one of the big things was you sought mentorship early on I because did you were going into a different direction or at least you saw sort of your life vision in a different direction than your parents. And a lot of people just rely on their parents or they follow in the paths of their parents. Um, what have you learned about the process or the strategies for asking for help? When do you ask for help? Who do you ask for? Uh, who do you ask? You know, what, how do you, how do you think about that? Yeah, I, I um so I'm not shy. 
right? Okay, uh, all right. <laughs> so that that may that may help. Yeah. 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 You know, the I, I just had this mindset, like, what is the worst thing that's gonna happen? This person's gonna say, No, I don't have time. They're gonna ignore my requests. Like that if that's the worst thing, so be it. Um but what I did, what, what, just to answer you specifically, and this is something I still this day, I, I still do. I've gotten better at it, by the way. Um, when I'm going to ask someone from for help, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to I'm going to figure out how I can give back to them, and and put that in the forefront. So I'll tell I'll tell you I'll tell you another quick story. So I I was when I was at Cisco, I moved into a new role. Um, at that time, uh, security was a big priority for the company. We had just acquired some security companies. It wasn't core to what we did, but based on where technology was headed, we needed to have a security arm. And this um, guy, his name is Ben, by the way. Mm, I like um, him already. This guy named Ben. Um, I didn't know him. Did not, didn't, didn't really even have, I had no visibility in him, but someone along the way said, Hey, you should try to seek out some advice from Michelle. Um, and I, to be frank, I don't even remember the context of it, but anyways, so he reaches out to me and he says to me, Hey, Michelle, um, congratulations on your new gig. I know security is a big priority for the part of the business that, um, you're, you're involved in. I'm actually, I'm actually really I have a lot of experience in security. I understand the technology. I understand how it works. I would mm-hmm. love the opportunity for you and I to connect. And I can share with you all you need to know about security. But what I'd really like to get from you is advice on fill in the blank. And wow. Ben taught me that. And Yo, it Ben. Works. So that's the first thing. The second thing so, what I do God, is. Tell me, tell me. And then we'll, then we'll double click on it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. The second thing that I do is um, I prepare. I let people know in advance. I'm not going to waste your time. Here, you, I'm reaching out to you because you have experience, skill, whatever it is that I need help on. And I'm going to tell you what I, what I need. So when we are engaging, I'm, I'm respecting your time. Um, and it's advanced work and then follow up. Right. Like, I don't want mm. to, I want someone to feel like they spent time doing something valuable versus, you know, just having me receive information. So those are the two things. Awesome. I didn't know you were going to take the question in that, in that direct or take your response in that direction. And I love it. When you're asking for help and you're seeking mentorship, we're thinking about ourselves and just thinking about ourselves might actually diminish your success in getting the help you need because we don't think about how we can add value. Maybe we're not thinking about it creatively enough. He had prepped, he'd done his research on, he's like, okay, maybe, you know, I can give her some security insights and thinking about those two things, I think can 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 really uh, really help us all. Okay. So so Agreed. good. All right, we don't have a lot of time left, so I'm going to give you the three question option. Okay. All right. I'm going to let okay. you let you pick one. 
what's the worst leadership advice you've heard? Or without including names, what's your most colorful story of when someone quit or was fired? Or when's the time you had an unexpected twist or failure in your career? And how did it lead to your success on down the road? So which one? I'm going to go with the last one. The last one. All right. Let's go with a twist or the failure. Favorite failure, favorite twist. It's a twist. It's a tw- it's, okay. definitely a, it's definitely a twist. Um, so I, as I, as I sort of got more ingrained in um, technology and, and marketing, as I, as I uh, moved around Cisco, I figured out what I loved from a marketing point of view, and that was partner marketing. Um, loved it. And that's, that's probably a whole nother podcast. But anyways, I literally, when I found my love for marketing, I went from partner marketing manager to manager of partner marketing to director of partner marketing to, and I landed the big seat. And that Mm -hmm. was VP of global partner marketing. And I loved my job. Loved it. Um, I did it for about two and a half, three years. Um, I get a phone call. I remember distinctly, I was on vacation. My boss called me, who's the CMO at Cisco. She said, Michelle, um, we're going to move you into another role. We have a gap that we need to fill and you're the right person for it. And you're going to talk to the sales leader that you're going to be partnering with tomorrow. And it's you're going to get a plane to Atlanta on Monday to go meet with that sales team. And I was like, this is really not a choice. <laughs> this is, this you were told. Like, like, do I have any say in this? No, you do not. Uh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. And I was, I have to tell you, I was like, God, I just, I finally feel like I got to this. I achieved what I wanted. Uh, I loved what I did. And I was, I was not happy. I was not happy. Hmm. Um, so I wallowed in my own misery for a couple of days, got on that airplane, um, flew to Atlanta uh, got, got into the room and, um, just, you know, did what, did, did what I do. Right. It's like, okay, I'm going to, I've got, I've got to make the best of this. And what can I learn from it? Mm-hmm. Fast forward. I was in that role for, uh, oh gosh, two and a half, three years, uh, which was the last role that I was in at Cisco. And when I reflect on that, and I remember that moment in time when I was mad and cursing and, kicking my feet and temper tantrum, whatever. If that move didn't make, didn't happen, I would not be where I am today. Because what I was able to do, I went from specialized partner marketing person, you know, knew everything top to bottom to much more diverse role where I needed to understand all disciplines of marketing. Uh. And there is not a chance if I would have stayed on the trajectory of being the partner marketing person, which I loved and still do, I secretly I would like to go back to being a partner marketing manager. Um, I would not be a CMO today. Wow. So, so you needed that experience. Needed and you're like, why am I getting this experience? It was hard to see two two or three steps ahead of that. 100%. 100%. And mm-hmm. man, if I didn't get that out, I'm so grateful that I got that opportunity because I actually was able to see, okay, with what do I now? What do I want to do next? And that's what gave me gave me that clarity. Um, yeah, and and it's just like don't. I guess the lesson that I learned in all this is 
know, yeah, yeah, sure. Take 24 hours, you know, kick and scream, do whatever, but like really look at what it can, what opportunities twist in your career can do for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like after you sort of got over the shock of the move, you made the best of it. Like, as you said, and you decided to invest in it, even though it wasn't the dream job, you'd already had it knowing that awesomeness was right around the corner. If you could just get what you needed to get out of that job and make an impact. It sounds like you did. And I ended up really enjoying the job, by the way, I really did, which is, was another positive outcome. And encourage, I love wrapping up on an encouraging word for people and think and written really thinking about moves in your career and the twists that come. It's such a, it's such an optimistic and hopeful tone, which I think is probably how you roll normally anyway. It's uh, so what I can assess there for keeps you alive, right? It keeps you, it keeps you doesn't it, being pessimistic is needed sometimes, but <laughs> doesn't get you through the day. Yeah. Michelle, Thank you for coming on Lead the Team. It's a doozy and a lot of fun. And I know the listeners are going to get a real kick out of it and learn a lot along the way. Thanks. If you're an executive at a crossroads in your career and thinking about quitting, do this before you do anything else. Head over to benfanning.com slash quit to receive a free signed copy of my number one best-selling book, The Quit Alternative, The Blueprint for Creating the Job You Love Without Quitting. You'll learn the critical questions you must answer before you make such an impactful decision. Go to benfanning.com slash quit to get this valuable resource for just the cost of shipping. Ben Fanning is a number one best-selling author, Inc. Magazine columnist, and CEO of the Fanning Group, an international consultancy and corporate training company. To learn how they can help your organization, go to benfanning.com.